What up, world? Past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond, you are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked on Blazers your first listen every day, free on all platforms, five days a week, coming at you every single weekday. So make it a part of your daily routine and make it your first listen every day. I come to you today, in, in today's episode, with real trade ideas for the Blazers to trade back in the draft. If you've been listening to the show this week, we've done, we've uh, dove headfirst uh, into into draft coverage, and one of my sort of core beliefs in, in starting this dive is that the Blazers might not get a game changer at seven. So if they are trying to, if they are set on getting a veteran to help, the best path in my mind is not just to straight swap seven for a veteran because you're not getting as much value. You're going to end up having to overpay that veteran, specifically if it's a one forward from Detroit that we won't really talk about today. But my belief is that the best path for them is to find a trade partner to trade back in the draft. Someone who wants to move up into seven, who's willing to give up a veteran player who could help right away, plus a draft pick. Get multiple things, because multiple things, you know, multiple shots at it, increase your assets, chance to improve the team. That, to me, that is the Blazers' best and most realistic path forward forward. So I have I have cooked up five trade ideas, some that I've seen floating on the internet. Shout out to r slash Rip City who, uh, for sharing many of these with me. My, my, you dear sweet Reddit users who make my job easier and also listen to the show and make my job possible. I appreciate you. Um, some that I've sort of cooked up in my own mind and have uh, pitched to you before, but uh, I've, I've come with five real trade proposals for how the Blazers can trade back in the draft, get a player, get a pick, and get better. A uh, couple caveats first. We're not doing, I'll say his name here up front, we're not doing the Jeremy Grant trade today. Uh, we've spent so much time on it, and I think it's a little bit exhausting, and quite frankly, I've said a million times, I, I'm not just not in favor of it. But some of these trades, many of these trades, would enable the Blazers to then follow that path and and complete a trade with Detroit, and I think doing both of them makes them better. The straight-across swap with Detroit, less appealing, some sort of uh, combination of trades, more appealing. The other thing is that any trade that I can cook up seems less likely to happen because like uh, NBA GMs just have a better sense of the sort of politics and all the things around the league what's possible than, than I do. Um, I can figure out the math that works and I've got all these are, you know, cap legal and all of those things. Uh, but I'm always wary if I propose a trade, it seems like it won't happen. So these are realistic, although I don't know if they're going to like, um, these are just, you know, my ideas and ideas borrowed from the internet that I have made, made cap legal. And the other thing before we dive into it, the Blazers have three traded player exceptions. I'm going to reference throughout this show. Uh, the big one is from the CJ McCollum trade. It's $20.8 million. There's a mid, middle one from the Robert Covington trade to the Clippers, six and a half million, and a smaller one that was the part of the Joe Ingles, Nikhil Alexander Walker swap with Utah, 3.2. So that's 20.8. Well, we'll call it 21, six and a half, and three. Those are your levels of your big, your middle and your and your small traded player exceptions. So I'm going to reference those throughout, um, and and that's where they come from. Let's start with my favorite trade idea. I've got these organized into ones I love, ones that are okay, and other ones I've seen. That's how we'll close the show. But let's start with one that I think is like is legitimately my favorite idea for a variety of reasons. This is a swap with the Charlotte Hornets, who are owners of of two picks in the teens. Uh, so they they. 
you know, they have some ammo to move around. In addition, Charlotte has a ton of money on the books because of uh, Terry Rozier's contract and Gordon Hayward's contract. And they uh, they said this week, their GM said this week that they plan to bring back Miles Bridges. No surprise there, but they're likely to be a team that is uh, above the salary cap. So they're going to be, they're going to, they have, they might have some financial decisions to make down the line. And because they might have some financial decisions to make down the line, I have proposed a trade to let them, uh, get off some money before they have to extend a guy on a rookie scale contract. In this trade, Charlotte gets the seventh pick in the 2022 NBA draft, the 36th pick in the 2022 NBA draft. That's the Blazers' first second rounder in exchange for forward slash, I guess, big man PJ Washington. And Charlotte gives Portland the 15th pick in the draft as well. To do this, the Blazers would have to use uh, their uh, the mid-level TPE, the, the middle TPE. Uh, with, if they're not going to include a player, they can absorb PJ Washington into that mid-level TPE. That works just fine and the Blazers end up with Washington and 15. Here's why I like this. Um, 7 and 36, that might just be the price you pay for a veteran who can help. P.J. Washington fits a position of need. He can play power forward uh, in the NBA. I don't know if he's like a starting forward. I don't know if he's like specifically the type of player the Blazers need because they probably need a better rebounder and a better defender. But P.J.'s got some real offensive skills. Um, he's got some, he sh- has shown some ability to guard the ball, okay? Um, not a very good team defender, not a very good help side defender, but he can, I like him as an on-ball defender, and I really like his variety on offense. Uh as a role man, as a shooter, he's shown some ability, a little bit of ability to shoot off the dribble. He played a bunch of small ball five in Charlotte, um, and he's kind of fine at it. They were really bad on defense, so I don't think that's where you want to play him, but I think you can get away with some sort of, he's got long arms, and even though he's a little smaller on that end, for sure, I think you can get away with it, but he wouldn't have to do that a lot in Portland, but it's like a, a, a role you could go to. I think PJ Washington, the offense, I, you know the numbers do not suggest he's much of a defender, but I've I I'm a Charlotte, I like the Charlotte broadcast. I've watched a lot of a lot of Hornets uh, basketball. I'm just I'm just a straight up PJ PJ Washington fan. I like him. I like him. I mean that's that's that is my the, the bias of this one podcaster. Uh, I I think he could play, and I like him. This is my ideal trade scenario. Yeah, you give up 7 and 36. That's some draft capital, but you get 15. You're still going to be able to pick a rookie at 15. I think it's very, very important that the Blazers draft someone in this draft because I think they're going to need rookie scale players. It's just so hard to build a good team with no rookies. If you have all expensive vets, you're just... you. You are lacking the flexibility. You're lacking, you know, players with team control. All of the sort of the things, the responsible team building things that you need to think two and three years out. P.J. Washington will be entering the final year of his contract. You'll have to pay him, but you get a year of him on the cheap. You get to see if he fits into the plan. And for your troubles, you trade back, you know, a second rounder and eight spots in the draft. So if, if it is a one-year swap of P.J. Washington, sure, there's some you've given up something, but I think he can help. And I think he's young enough um, that you could be part of uh, whatever plan the Blazers have. If, if this ends up going south and they go young, or if they're trying to be good, I think P.J. Washington can be a contributor on a good team. You just can't have enough sort of like athletic rangy forwards. Uh, and I, for my money, Washington fits that bill. And and my main pitch here for Charlotte is I think that they get some value to move up to seven, get a rookie that they want. And uh, that kind of resets their clock. PJ Washington has a cheap contract, but it's expiring. And in this case, they would get a guy who's on a you know, similarly priced contract to PJ Washington, actually at seven, probably making a little more money than Washington makes, but under team control for four more years and then entering restricted free agency, it gives them a team that's, you know, a small market team that's going to be an above the cap team, a little bit of, uh, a little bit of wiggle room to get better down the line. I got 
Four more trades. Let's come back with two more in the second segment. I got trades that I like. Not that I I don't love them as much as the Charlotte trade. I led with the fastball, but I got some, you know, I got a couple hanging sliders I'll throw at you in the second segment. But first, let me tell you about Built Bar, best tasting protein bar on the market. That's what they're doing. They're making delicious protein bars. I had a, I had one yesterday. I had the birthday cake flavor. It's white chocolate and marshmallow. It's like a marshmallowy chocolate bar. You're just not going to find a protein bar like this pretty much anywhere else. Plus, it's got 16 grams of protein and just 150 calories. Uh, Bill Bar has a whole bunch of puff flavors. This is kind of their marshmallowy flavors. Uh, the airy, gooey, marshmallow uh, world of protein bars. A whole bunch of flavors. So if you're not into the, the white chocolate birthday cake flavor, you'll find something else you like. If you're not into the marshmallow flavors, there's plenty of other classics on there, like my personal favorite, peanut butter brownie. So go to Bill.com, see what they got. Find something you like, and then use a promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, I got more trades in the hopper. Say you didn't like, you don't love the PJ Washington deal. Um, as always, uh, if you don't like these trades, you can comment in the YouTube comments below, or um, I guess shoot me an email, lockdownblazerspot at gmail.com. But the best way to support the show is to tell your friends about it and comment on, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and then comment on the video. All right, a couple more bangers for you. This next one is a swap with the Washington Wizards. I have posed this trade before, but let's get back into it. The Wizards, for their troubles, will get the 7th pick in the NBA draft and the 57th pick in the NBA draft. That's the Blazers. The Blazers have two second rounders. That's their later second rounder at number 57. And Portland, in exchange, gets Kyle Kuzma and the 10th pick in the draft. Now, on this surface, this does look like a little bit of a ripoff on the Blazers' favor. Like, they're they're only moving back three spots from 7 to 10. They're getting, like, a useful, pretty good veteran in Kuzma, but my argument here for why Washington would do this is because they kind of have a logjam of dudes that play in Kuzma's spot, like they just traded for Chris Porzingis. they still have Danny Avia, they still have Rui Hachimura, like a bunch of guys who are 3-4s or, you know, need need some time at power forward, two young players who are, um, you know, probably more part of the future than Kuzma would be, and then like this relatively high-priced veteran that they just swapped out for in, in Chris Tapps. You know, if Zinger is a five, if he's if he's their center going forward, which I don't think he, he is really in the league, but if he can be a center, um, he hasn't wanted to be, that maybe changes the calculation a bit. But if I assume that Chris Tapps is still going to want to play four like he has for the whole other seasons of his career, then it makes, um, you know, they have a little bit of a log jam, and this would allow them to, uh, if, if the Blazers would have to use their largest traded player exception, so that would prevent a future trade, very likely, with the Detroit Pistons that we're not going to talk about. But uh, it's this would give give Washington um, a little bit of salary relief to kind of figure out what they want to do there. It would clear up a, a log jam position and would allow them to move up three spots in the draft from seven to ten, plus get a second rounder for their troubles. I like Kuzma. I think he's an underrated defender. Like I think I think on that Lakers championship team is a straight up good defender. I think he can get back there. Um, he's a bit of a chucker on offense. Uh, if you're a long time listener to the program, you know that I like chuckers. Um, so <laughs> it, doesn't, <laughs> it might not be your Huckleberry, but that's like the, uh, a type of player that I have no problem with. So uh, yeah, I think I, I like Kuzma because of his size, you know, uh, and handle and offensive skill set. And I, I like him as a as a somewhat versatile defender. The Blazers just really need a four in the league. Again, Kuzma, much like P.J. Washington, is probably not a starting power forward on a really good team. 
But the Blazers maybe do not have a specific path forward to find like the ideal starter power forward. Kuzma could start at that spot. Um, he could play a little bit of three. I think you can go funky small and play him, you know, in lineups, uh, switchy lineups where he, where him and PJ Washington, you couldn't do both, but like you, you could, Nazir Little and Justice Winslow and Kuzma, you could go like switchy all wing lineups that have been more in vogue in the playoffs. I don't think you do that in regular season, but it allows you to sort of unlock some small ball looks. I am not pitching Kuzma as a small ball five. I'm pitching a, a centerless all-wing lineup here in the future. Uh, you know, he's got the height to do it. He can shoot. He can, has a little bit of individual offensive creation. And, and I'm a believer that he can be in a good, in a gooder, my goodness, in a better defensive ecosystem. He can be a good defender again because he was a good defender in a really good defensive ecosystem with the Lakers. Uh, I, I, I might be one of Kuzma's biggest believers. I... And the Blazers, for their troubles, move from move back uh, from seven to ten. Ten is still going to have a valuable player. In fact, you could argue that the difference in seven to ten is relatively negligible in this draft because it, it flattens out a lot after the top five or six picks. So I like I like this trade. Um, the reason that I don't like this as much as the PJ Washington trade is one, Washington's younger, and I kind of like his upside more. I think Kakuzma is close to a finished product, albeit a good one. And this gives this is the Blazers using their largest trade to player exception, which limits their trades down the line. This would be the big move uh, if they don't include any players. All of these trades, I'm not including players because. Uh, I think the Blazers don't have enough tradable parts that makes it uh, sexy enough to pull off. And uh, they got to hold on to it. every Simons and it's your little at all costs and it's hard to sign and trade with Ant, blah, blah, blah. I think you get that done. Here's another trade for you. And I've seen this one floated around. This one is straight up jacked from r slash rip city. So shout out to the good, the good folks there. Uh, this is a trade with the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Blazers give up seven in this draft and 36 in exchange for Lou Dort. And number 12, um, would OKC push back maybe a little bit to move up five spots in the draft? Maybe. But is five spots in the draft enough for to include Lou Dort? This would include the Blazers would have to use their smallest TPE in order to get Lou Dort here. So they would still have uh, the big one and the and the middle and mid-size one to get other trades done down the line. They move back five spots in the draft. Sure, they give up a relatively valuable second rounder, but Lou Dort is absolutely like best case scenario for a second round pick, right? He's on an incredibly cheap deal. Uh, why I don't love this, Lou Dort is a bowling ball and a fun player to watch. Um, kind of fearless offensive player at times when he gets going. I don't know if he would be that everywhere. I think OKC kind of leans in to allow him to being incredibly fearless. And by that, I just mean he shoots a lot of shots that you're like, oh my goodness, um, and, you know, and, and tries to barrel downhill. But he's a really physical defender. Uh, why I don't love this is because he's. I think he's better at being really physical against small guards and then what the Blazers need is a wing defender. Lou can do that. Like you can put him on threes. He just gives up a little bit of size. Um, he's he's just a little bit shorter. He can guard those spots. He's not a four. Like any and and against like the true apex wings, like Lou Dort on on LeBron James, it's not exactly a good plan. Uh, but like. Who, who can guard LeBron and Kevin Durant is not the equation the Blazers are trying to solve here. It's like, can they get better defensive wings? This would allow them to get a better defensive wing. This would allow them to get 12 to draft a good player or to make a future trade with a certain team in the state of Michigan. Uh, this would, this, I like this one, but I don't think it's like when I'm thinking about the, what the Blazers need to do, it's, and I've been saying this for years. It's just the, the names have changed, but the calculation is the same. 
does this player maximize, does this player answer the question, maximize their needs, right? And what they need is is like more length. Lou Dort is a good, a good to very good defensive player at his peak. Um, he's really come a long way on offense. He was a like a super negative, and now he's he's at times like a useful offensive part. He wouldn't have that role in Portland, obviously. It'd be very different. But he's not like a big lengthy wing stopper you could put on the court at the end of games if you're going to play Anthony Simons and and Damian Lord. Now you could, you'd just be a little bit smaller. And then if if Ludor is best at guarding, you know, ones and twos, like I believe he is, then where do you put Damian in? Like he doesn't exactly answer the Blazers question. He kind of poses more questions, but he's an upgrade and the Blazers need talent. And so I would do it. These are the 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 uh, Kuzma and Ludor swaps are the I would do these trades. Um, I probably love them less because I think it's you, you maybe end up with less flexibility, but I, I, this gets you in the right ballpark. Uh, this one, the other ones like the the Charlotte trade and the Washington trade, I can I have an easy pitch for them. I'm not a hundred percent sure OKC would do this. They might want more stuff, um, but they're you know they're they want to load up on draft picks. So perhaps Lou Dort is not part of their long term plan. He was part of steps you know, one through seven in OKC's uh, 48 part rebuild. So uh, maybe he's not part of, you know, eight through 48 here in their final steps. And so if they can get something, which is move up five spots in the draft and a second rounder for him, maybe they do it. Um, I think they have less motivation to pull this trade off, but you're getting closer. Maybe they ask for other parts. Maybe they ask for other picks. And if the Blazers have to throw in their other second rounder and cash in all of their sec, all of their, um, all of their draft picks in 2022 in order to get a 12 or if a future second round or whatever it might be, I would still probably say yes because the Blazers already have a bunch of developmental parts in the back half of their roster. All right, third segment. I got two trades that I don't like, but I've seen and they're bigger, sexier names. Let's talk about those bigger, sexier names the Blazers could use to trade back in the draft and acquire, add to this team and and add some talent to the Blazers roster. First, let me tell you about BetOnline. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action They got more lines, more props, more odds than ever before and on everything. NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, tennis tournaments, PGA championship, combat sports, soccer here, soccer abroad, whatever you're looking for, you're going to find it on bet online. Like I said, lines, props, odds on everything, in-game betting, pre-game bets, future betting, whatever it is, you'll find it. So don't wait, go take advantage today. Go to bet online where the game starts. Still a pass first point guard, still Mike Richmond, and you are still listening to Locked On Blazers, and I'm still pitching you fake trade ideas. I am a, I am a proponent of the Blazers trading back in the draft, so I went transaction hunting to find ways they could trade back in the draft. I've given you ones I like. I'm going to close the show with ones that I don't like as much, like just straight up I don't like as much but I've seen them and I think they're worth discussing the first one is a trade with the Houston Rockets where the Blazers send 7 and the 57th pick in the NBA draft to Houston in exchange for the number 17 pick in the draft and Houston and Christian Wood let me try that again so you get it clean. The Blazers send 7-57 and 57 to Houston in exchange for the 17th pick in the NBA draft and big man Christian Wood there we go. I didn't stumble over that one that time. Uh, Blazers would have to use their largest traded player exception for Christian Wood. One of the reasons I don't like it. The other reason I don't like it is I just don't, I don't, I'm not a Christian Wood guy. Dude's got a ratchet. He's 6'10 and shoots like 38% from three. I believe he shot 38 and 39 the last two years. Like he is a good offensive player, 
but his motor isn't always turned up. You kind of got to rev him up. Um, I've, <laughs> uh, if you're familiar with the gas lawnmower, it feels like you're always pulling on that ripcord to get the engine started on Christian Wood. Um, I hate, I hate players. You got to rev up. I hate players. You got to rev up. Like, uh, I want your engine running when you're on the court. I also think Christian Wood's just a really weird defensive player. Like on offense, he's a five. You want him to set screens, pick and pop, be big. Um, he's got great touch. Like he's a really good offensive player. Uh, but on defense, he's like not strong enough to guard most fives, but he's a little too slow to guard fours. Uh, it's, he's just, a, I'm not, I'm not a fan. <laughs> like I'll put, I'm, let me put my cards on the table. Um, he's not my guy, but straight up. The Blazers need talent, and Christian Wood would be a talent upgrade over what this is. Um, and you still get 17, so you're going to get a player in like that, you know, post lottery, but in the mid first round that you could um, that you could either draft or make a trade with a certain team in the state of Michigan. That's uh, like it, it. This the problem is you're using your largest traded player exception, so it limits your flexibility down the line. And I don't think Christian Wood, Christian Wood, and Nurk along the front line is a lot of length and some interesting and intriguing length. And I think it makes the Blazers better. Like I want to be clear, I think this improves the Blazers better because they desperately need talent. I think Christian Wood slots into a hole that they need at four, even though I think he's best at a five. Like I, he he answers some of their obvious roster questions, and I think some of you out there are saying like I would do this in a heartbeat, Mike. You're an idiot, and that's. Fair, fair enough. Um, the, my personal opinion, I don't love it. Uh, I don't love it. I'm not, I'm not a Christian Wood guy. I'm just straight up. I don't. I think he's. Uh, I don't. I don't know if he's a winning player. He's young. He's you know he's been in some, um, some other. He's you know he's bounced around a little bit and then and Houston was not like a maybe a great environment for him because there was they were a team that was um tanking as aggressively as anyone ever has despite. Uh, despite what happened in Oklahoma City and Portland. Uh, shout out to John Wall. So like maybe in a better environment, Christian Wood looks like a better basketball player, but I don't I don't really love him. I don't I like this is maybe in the personal bias that makes me love PJ Washington. I don't particularly like Christian Wood uh, while admitting he would help the Blazers. And the final trade of the show that I got cooked up, uh, this one has been a lot of places. And in fact, I'm going to do a show with the good folks at Locked on Knicks about a trade, about the parameters of this trade. But this is the idea of the uh, Julius Randle to Portland deal. It would look something like this. The, the Blazers send out 7-36 and 36, uh, for, to the Knicks in exchange for Julius Randle and the number 11 pick in the NBA draft. Blazers only move down four spots, and they get Randall, who is under contract for another three seasons. Uh, this trade would have to go down before the new league year starts, so it would likely happen like pre-draft, uh, would be agreed to pre-draft, uh, maybe even finished pre-draft, so, so they actually swap. They don't like pick for each other and then make the trade. I think they would have to just go ahead and do it, because in the new league year, Julius Randall's new contract will not fit into the Blazers' trade-to-player exception, and then it gets trickier. You have to trade Eric Bledsoe, and then do the Knicks want Eric Bledsoe, so and blah 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 like it's you don't you're giving the Knicks some they get off the salary relief the Knicks are probably going to have to commit to going young at some point um, they tried to avoid it but they've got some good young parts and they might just have to commit to it uh, this type of trade would allow them to commit to going young or also open up some future cap space if they want to dream about big free agents signing in New York like they definitely have over the last 25 years it's the thing that we've seen time and time again that big name players sign with the Knicks. Oh wait, no, that was just Amari Stoudemire one time. Um, <laughs> it's, I'm being mean. The Knicks are um, a legendary franchise that have been overrated my entire life. Uh, I'm not a Julius Randle guy. 
I think that's that's what it gets to. And I think specifically with Julius Randle, more so than Christian Wood, who I think could be could has some tools to be an okay defensive player, although he's not one. Julius Randle's not. And the best Julius Randle, like the best we've seen him, and he was fun two two seasons ago. Like he was he was good and he, you know, shot really well from three. And he's got, but the best Julius Randle has the ball in his hands. He, he can really pass and he likes to dribble and he likes to kind of like go bully a guy in a mismatch, get a double team, make a good pass or, you know, scare a guy with his ability to pass. So he gets that one on one move and go to work like he's he's he needs the ball. He's a high usage guy. And the best Julius Randle is a high usage guy. If you make him a low usage guy, he's not the best Julius Randle. And if you're playing with Damian Lord and Anthony Simons, Julius Randle seems like a bad fit. In addition, Julius Randle is not the defensive answer they need at the four. In addition, he's an ex- he's a relatively expensive contract for not answering the defensive question. So for me, Julius Randle, he just doesn't do it. Um, would he be an upgrade over what they currently have? Yes. Yes. Would 7 for 11 and Julius Randle make the Blazers a better team in the near term? Absolutely, I think. Absolutely. Like, he slots in at a position of need. He's, he's you know, he's he's been inefficient maybe for his career, but he's briefly removed from being the best player on a playoff team that made the All-Star team. Like, he's... He would be an a, a obvious and absolute upgrade over what is currently on the Blazers roster. But to me, he's you're kind of cashing in your chips for someone who who makes the equation harder to solve as opposed to easier. At a certain point, you just need to add talent. So I think you could you if you're in favor of this, the the argument is like the Blazers need better players. Yes, yes, I agree with that. But to me, it's you're you're running, you're bumping up into the same thing. It's like he doesn't does he make your does Julius Randle, Anthony Simons, and and Damian Lillard, does that group, and that's going to be a group you're locked into for a little while, just the way the f- contracts are going to work, does that group, that threesome, have a chance to be a pretty, like a good to, you know, a top 11, top 12 defensive team in the league? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think, like, I just, you would have to get so much out of Nurk or whoever ends up playing the five, but so much out of Nurk, let's just assume there. And like Nazir Little and Justice Winslow and Josh Hart at the three is like, they are doing some heavy, heavy, heavy lifting to make that team an above average defensive group. Your, your mileage may vary on what you kind of think about that. But for me, I'm not a Julius. I'm not a big Julius Randle believer. I think we've. I think we saw the best of him, and his best role is as the offense as an offensive hub. That is where you maximize Julius Randle. The Blazers do not, that's not the role they're giving him here in Portland. Like you're just, you have to be realistic about fit. And I think that, I think it is specifically a bad fit in the way that some other of these players that I've mentioned are more complimentary parts. And while they're not as good as Julius Randle in, to use a phrase, in a vacuum, uh, dearly departed former GM loved it. Uh, he's, while he's better, like his 2K rating is higher. He's not a better fit. And fit is incredibly important when you're thinking about this, which is why I kind of structured these trades as fits I like versus fits I don't like. Christian Wood and Julius Randle are the best two players. Probably Kuzma might be better than Christian Wood. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I think I just like Kuzma a lot. Um, but I like those are the be- sort of the bigger, brighter, sexier names. But I think they're worse fits on the Blazers roster for what this team needs. And so the trades to me aren't as worth it. But I think they're relatively realistic. And I think if you say, hey, I like this trade, I'm, I'm not going to like, I say, okay, cool. That's cool. I, I'm not a big fan, but I'm, 
you know, reasonable minds can disagree. Those are my five trades. If you got a better one, drop it in the YouTube comments below. Tell me what you think of any of these deals in there and then tell your friends about this podcast. They can get it wherever they get podcasts. Uh, next week, we got some fun interviews. Brian Kalbrowski of USA Today is going to join a draft expert. Uh, uh, the folks from Lockdown Knicks are going to jump over to talk about the Julius Randle trade. We got a whole bunch of fun shows coming your way. So come back next week, five days a week, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Appreciate you listening and I'll talk to you soon.